It's uh, January. January. See, I wish it were January. No, I'm glad <laughs> it's not January. Um, it's uh, June 24th, uh, 2020. 2020 has been one hell of a year, but I am joined today by a good friend, longtime cohort, uh, stand-up guy, DJ, um, decent human being, DJ Ritz. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Ready? I don't like I said, I do some of these, but not too many. Usually with just people I trust because I find a lot of these things get a little, uh, uh, you know, out of control after a while. How do you how do they get out of control? I find that um, now it's like everyone's a reporter, everyone's an interviewer, and they may not have the most um, either either, you know, experience doing it or do some research or some stuff. So, that you know, I find it, a lot, it becomes just a circus. You know what I mean? Like right, you right. need. Like, you know how it is to do interviews and stuff. It's not something that you just do. You have to kind of have focus. You have to have, you know, uh, you know, your An stuff idea. in order. Oh, sure. Like the way I, I do. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's the way you're supposed to do it, right? So, you know, you, sure. you do it with some people and you're realizing you're like, okay, this guy is just literally going off the cuff. And we're just like, you know, you have awkward silences. Right. And these things. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. yeah. So yeah well, it, but again, we, we wouldn't have those problems anyways, just because we've known each other for so long. So 100%, you know, even when yeah, we run right. into each other, even though we haven't seen each other for a long time, like we just catch up just like that. Absolutely. And yeah, everything. yeah. And, um, it, you know, you were the first white dj i saw since this whole uh, black lives matter thing started mm-hmm. um who said basically you wanted to call out the uh, other white djs to say like if you guys are not posting or being silent right now then you guys have been you know benefiting off of black culture and um mm-hmm. you know you're being silent right now and i was like wow like you know i didn't even that didn't even occur to me until i saw you post that in instagram first so um, right. When I was kind of changing the uh, vein of my podcast now in light of this new world that we're living in, because 2020 has been ridiculous. Oh, I don't understand. I'm, I, are you, I'm worried about July. Like, what is July going to bring? Uh, hopefully change. You yes, know what yeah, I mean? Like, we, yeah. we, we, like and good change. We've oh. had enough bad change, so I'm hoping for good change. Yeah, maybe maybe that's what this 2020 is going to be. We have to have six months of hella shit. For mm-hmm. us to now have maybe six months of like serious progress and great change, and by the like the New Year's Eve of 2020 is going to be like the most joyous celebration of all time. Maybe racism will be done by then. Who knows? Like, that, uh, that. Hey, man, <laughs> even even more limited would be a, an extreme win. But it looks like we're on the right path. You know, right? And, looks like. Well, hopefully, but we won't even like. Aside from all the racial stuff, we still don't even know where we'll be in a state in terms of the pandemic. Oh God. Yeah. It's, it's been, it's unbelievable. Like I try not to think too much about the whole pandemic thing. Cause like being a DJ, like we've been wiped out, yeah. like literally wiped out. Yeah. It's not one of those, like, uh, you know, there's a little bit left or maybe I'll just do this. There's literally wiped out. Right. Yeah. So, it, you know, with, with that being said, it's, you know, I try, but everything changes so much every month. I try not to get too much in that headspace and just try to keep motivated and keep positive and every month something's different so it, it, it's you know i'm a guy that's always looked to the future and i find it's next to impossible in today's times yeah yeah you're you're one of the more innovative guys because you adapt pretty quickly and you're still dropping mm-hmm. mixes left and right now i listened to the um yeah. the slow one thing that you dropped uh, last oh night. drive slow yeah. yeah drive slow so i was listening to that uh last night for a bit and again this morning and Thanks. um yeah like you're you're still like DJs are still finding ways. Obviously, they're doing the IG live stuff. I don't know. Have you been yes. doing the IG live stuff yet, or a little bit? A little bit. I, I, I'm going to be joining the Twitch world, but um, uh, like from people that aren't DJs that won't understand, like Twitch, you have to do a bunch of steps before okay. you get like certain things. Right. So I'm just going through the steps at the moment. Like th- certain things, like you got to do eight hours online, and it's just you, you. You know, there's some steps you have to do before you get to 
like Twitch to have all the fancy scratch stuff that he has everywhere. You got to go through a, a couple okay. steps. So okay. I'm trying to get through them steps at the same time as, uh, you know, doing my normal mixes production and trying to stay motivated, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, hopefully uh, things will start to open up in some sort of normalcy, but let's just go back to, uh, cause we kind of got off a little on a tangent here. We so, always um, go to the D yeah. We always yeah. got to hit the DJ part first, right? Well, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true. And we always do that in tangents. DJs, when they talk together, we always wind up going on. It's usually a musical tangent that you wind yes, up going yes. off onto. And it eventually, <laughs> no matter what, it'll always wind up going to a best album of type conversation. It always, we might do it. We might hear the music, but believe me, it's just what we do. Yeah. It can't, you can't be, can't be helped. We can start from food. We can start from touring, whatever. And eventually yeah. it always leads to top five albums. Go like, it always works. <laughs> Ends up being that way, but um, we, for what you said though on Instagram again, because this is a mm -hmm. very serious time for Black people. Like, um, I don't think yeah, uh, some people don't appreciate that. I think for a lot of white people who have been living in their white privilege, it's um, it's been a burst for their bubble in terms of they've been able mm -hmm. to you know kind of go through life without seeing all these things that are happening, you know, just mm -hmm. in general in terms of uh, you know, police brutality towards Black people and stuff. But you being in the DJ culture and also having being in an interracial relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, you, you, there's no way you're not woke. I just, and I just know you from the fact that, um, just over the years that you've always been a decent guy and you've always had a respect for the culture and all that yes, stuff. Definitely. And it's evident just in the way you conduct yourself and your work ethic and the whole nine. But what mm -hmm. was it that spurred you to make that message on, um, Instagram that day when, um, you know, cause everyone, it was just at the beginning too, when, um, everything was really starting to pop off. Yeah. It was very early. Yeah, it was early. Um, you know what? It was, it was more of like, um, the surprise that it wasn't a unified front. Like, uh, you know, this is such an issue that's, it's beyond overdue. And like, just to give a little history on myself, like, like I'm a hip hop kid straight, straight up. Like, you know, that's the kind of the, you know, the culture and the, and the ideals and everything kind of, I, I, you know, I've become in life is like that hip hop base. So, you know, with that being said, being into hip hop since the eighties and stuff, the whole, um, black experience, the whole, you know, police brutality has always been, something even if it wasn't outside my door at the time you musically it's always been you know from nwa and stuff on up right that's, like that's another thing rich i don't understand because this stuff has been in the music forever and ever from day one Liter literally hip-hop has been black people's cnn like that's the i think it was just yeah. the way um ice cube chuck put d it. said it or chuck, chuck d, d said, chuck it. D said yeah. it okay because um, yeah it's like and that's literally it like before we never had voices in terms of the news mainstream news didn't care about black people at all no. so you know, again, through blues music or jazz music or whatever, black people have always expressed their pain through music. And then once hip hop yeah. comes out, whatever, mid 80s, early, late 80s, whatever, um, it was just a new venue for us to express our pains and the shit yeah. we're dealing with in the world. But how many of these kids, white kids, you white kids that are listening to the music, you guys are really not listening to the lyrics at all. Like, I'm, I'm, my mind is blown, actually, by how surprised i'm surprised at how many people i'm seeing are surprised literally by how bad it is for black people in the police and i also think that um we're we're lucky enough that we grew up in a time that music was a little more socially conscious right so right. Be, being able to grow up in the um the public enemy era the you know listen to guys like paris uh going to you know we can go to lakim shabazz if you want to go real like deep and like you know we can go as deep as, deep as we want with music but like being really young and and hearing that was the vibe of music in the early 90s, like pre and post Rodney King, there was a really, you know, like the native tongue movement and stuff. And like, I'm getting a little deep with the music. So people that are, you know, are listening to understand that there in the early 90s, there was a real 
um, Afrocentric pro black hip hop yeah, vibe. Uh, Q tip and the whole um, yeah, you just mentioned them uh, two seconds. Native ago, tongues, yeah, yeah, native, native tongues, tongues yeah. like all like, it was it was everywhere and even in the popular stuff. So right. it wasn't just like I yeah. had to dig to see it and this right. and this and and so you know growing up with that hip hop I, I think gives our age group um, be it you know any culture our age group a little more insight to um, what you know uh, especially the American. Um, black experience was like with police you right, know what i mean because right. you know and, and we had people talk about it toronto wise as well not as much but you yeah. know what i mean but you know it was a real eye-opener for me it wasn't even music per se but still it was connected to music was um colors the movie yeah yeah that movie like that changed my whole like i knew it was bad in terms of gangs and police and the whole nine but <laughs> as as real as that movie was for depicting it that was an eye-opener for me period and then nwa of course also coming along with that as well was also an eye-opener for me in terms of how bad it is at least on the west coast i know new york obviously or just in the states in general they all have their problems but that's the way i learned about it was through music entertainment for the most part same here same here we're kids in canada yeah and granted, you know, not to say there's no racism here and stuff, oh, but yeah. don't, don't get know, it twisted. Like there's, yeah, like that whole narrative that we have a good and stuff is is just the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. Like it's it's ridiculous. To and even I want to ask you about that too in the DJ industry because there's a lot of racism in the DJ industry. But I wonder mm-hmm. how you see it from a white DJ perspective because I can't see it that way. Obviously, being a black DJ, yeah. but I've experienced racism on my own just in terms of club owners telling me don't play reggae, and I'd be like, mm-hmm. well, why wouldn't I play reggae? Like there's but you know have you had that you yourself? know the reason yeah yeah have you had that yourself in terms of uh people trying um, to tell you, you know what, what to play? I, I, you I, know what i, I find save, save that for a little later but i want to finish okay. this in terms of um calling out other djs because uh i yeah. think this is key because silence is really loud to us right now it's really loud so did you actually have anybody hit you off on a side note to say anything about that to you or yeah yeah really? actually, you don't have to say any names it, if you don't want to I'm no 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 I, de- yeah. I definitely won't i, I actually it, it's weird um, that you hit me about this because it actually manifested into more than I kind of put it out as more of a general DJ thing. Like I think any DJ that, you know, they, and, and obviously I was catering it more to, to non-black DJs because obviously right. we are the ones that I, I think at this point have to stand up. Who right? else would you be talking to? Exactly. Right. So it's funny. I did have a conversation with about three or four guys and it really dawned on me how um, like, one guy obviously will na- remain nameless. I'm like, well, why haven't you posted? And I'm like, I'm not a like Mr. Social Justice or this and this, but there's just a right and wrong scenario. This and- is so binary right now, bro. It's yeah, like either yeah. you're appalled by what you saw and you feel compelled to speak out or you're not that compelled or you just don't care. That kind of puts you on the other team. Like it's, yes, it's, exactly. pretty, it's pretty cut and dry now at this point. Like there are mm-hmm. lots of different ways for you to let your voice be known. And even just a black square on your Instagram is pretty simple to do just to show solidarity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And one guy I talked to, he was like, well, I'm like, why haven't you posted? I go, you know, it's like, what are you doing? And he was like, well, I, I, you know, I feel like everyone's bullying me to post and stuff. So I stopped and I'm like, instead of getting angry, let me like really see what like, you know, like he just, he really just didn't get it. Like he's, you know what I mean? Like, and I, you know, some people, I guess, I don't know whether it's a bubble thing or, or what. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I have trouble understanding how it's you, even. You don't an understand issue. that you have to care about other people. I mean, it's so I, exactly. basic it's, human mm-hmm. sense. Like I care about what's happening with people in Syria. I'm not Syrian, but there's a lot yeah. of bad shit happening over there. I'm aware exactly. of it, 
I'm concerned for those people. I'm concerned for the people of Hong Kong. China's about to bully them out of their independence now that they've been enjoying for 19 how long. Yes. I'm not exactly. Chinese, but I care. Like, I don't, uh, okay, yeah. People frustrate yeah, me, man. People frustrate uh, me. Unbelievably. So, like, you know, I did have the narrative with a couple of people, and I feel I got through to a couple, and I think a couple just posted because of just that, you know, let me post so I don't get called out. Because I know certain um, black DJs that were actually hitting up guys that were posting and um they actually some of the, the white djs i talked to were like kind of showed me some of the text messages from these guys and they were very strong messages and stuff and strong i was in like in a negative like, way i guess um negative slash positive like okay. you know like hey you're you're using the culture you're a, you know you want to be a part of the culture but then when it's time to stand up for the culture you seem to go missing and stuff right so one dj hit me up and showed me the text message that the black DJ showed and he's like, what do you think? And I'm like, he's right. Right. I'm like, what do you mean? What do I think? Right. So, you know I mean? Like, so it was just like, I had the narrative with a couple guys and I think most guys get it for the most part, but I think, I, unfortunately, I think there is still a lot of DJs, um, that are posting just to be like, let me just post so I don't get bugged. No one, no one you know, like, it's let me real, it would be hard to weed those guys out because if I only know yeah. you through your Instagram and I do see you posting, I'm going to assume that you're posting out of sincerity. And that, yeah, and yeah. that's, you know, so, but I, I'd still rather someone post, maybe not fully understanding and just be a, you know, put it out there, right. you know, maybe, you know, and then hopefully over time they kind of catch up to, you know, 19, like, oh, two, right. you know what I mean? Cause they're a little behind, right. you know what I mean? To say the least, but it was, like I said, it definitely developed into like, you know, something that was like, it, I didn't expect the answers I got. I'll really, tell you yeah? that much. Okay. So yeah, yeah. I've, I've also been surprised by some, like, this has been a real eye opener for people's character. In a yes. way that I didn't expect it to be, because I just assumed that people were people of character for the most part. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, so now when it's kind of like, okay, you're kind of being put into a corner in terms of you got to show up now. You got to either say something or your silence is going to kind of expose you. And now yeah. people are getting exposed. But I'm like, I'm surprised that the people that are getting exposed. To be and what's a with post? You. It's a post. We're not it's, asking. You know, you don't, you don't so, have to go march if so you don't want. You don't simple. have to sign a petition. Like, it's come so on, simple. Man. But it just shows you how scared they are about speaking about this. So it just mm -hmm. makes me question, what have you been thinking or what have you been seeing this whole time when you've been around all these black people or listening to black music? Like, what are you hearing when you hear black music then? If you're a DJ and you've been benefiting off of this culture and now you can't even post a black square on Instagram, you clearly, whatever, you've got you're over either you're overthinking it or you're thinking something that you don't want to express publicly. Yes. I don't yeah, know. I agree. I have no idea. I agree. And it's hard to get into that deep rooted thing with people when you're talking. Cause I find a lot of people, you know, they'll, you know, they, they, they put opinion into it, but there's, there's really no opinion in an open and shut case, right? Like opinion is for things that are in the gray. This is not in the gray. This is like, it's one side and that's it. Like there's no, there's no it's argument. So there's no, it's so binary. A hundred percent. Yeah. And it's like, um, especially music wise, you know what I mean? So like if you go to any Toronto club, especially now, even if you go to the, the most white club ever, they're playing trap all night. Like, it's not like, it's not like before where it's like, okay, don't, you know, don't play. I've, I've any been black, very black surprised that some of these posh King street clubs I've, that I've gone, I don't really go to them as much now, but I've been in there mm -hmm. hearing the most hardcore trap being played. I'm like 10 years ago, this would never been allowed. Never, never, never. But you would have had to play like house music, dance music. Yeah. If you were going to play hip hop, yeah, it would have to be the most mainstream top 40 of the top, like the most non-threatening hip hop possible in those 
you know, sophisticated yes. spaces on King Street. We all know those places that we're talking about, which is where I've experienced the most racism, actually, when oh, it absolutely. comes to um, trying to just go out and have a good time. I, I can't tell you how many times I've gone to a club and had a bouncer or whatever doorman look me up and down and tell me that um, I don't meet the dress code. And he's just picking something from what I'm wearing. Yeah, to use and the guy next to you walks in with the with oh, a worse outfit. Yeah, or yeah. whatever. Like I, they they would literally tell you that um you can't wear running shoes while guys are walking and wearing running shoes. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. you know what it is as a black person, and you're just like, okay, well, what am I going to try to argue with some place that doesn't want me there, or am I just going to leave? But it yeah, it, again, that's something that you experience over and over and over again that a lot of people may not be aware of. Obviously, if you're not black. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, just for yourself being in the industry, have you noticed or seen witness stuff yourself where you may not be getting it directly coming at you because you're white, but you're still yeah. in those spaces with other black people and especially club owners, <laughs> club mm-hmm. owners are the habitual line steppers out of, uh, the whole industry. I would say uh, there's definitely a few of them for <laughs> sure. And I usually get the, um, oh, he's on our team. So like, you know, I'll be sitting there and they'll say something crazy. And I'll be like, you've never talked like this, but it's because I'm sitting here. Right. It's like, right. you know, once there's a black person in the room, these jokes don't seem to fly anymore. And you know what I mean? Right. But I've always been like, guys, you know, I'm not really down with this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, you know, the first, my first best friend I ever had in, in the world in grade four was a Jamaican guy, you know, and Taboo, you know, who some people know oh. from Thingy, right? So oh, okay. it's like, oh, I didn't know you knew Taboo for them that long ago. Yeah, yeah. Actually, me, him, and um, Devo Brown actually all all known each other since grade two. Oh, wow. That's crazy. See, I'd never, yeah, so, I'd never knew that you were connected to Devo that way either because I actually yeah. haven't really seen you guys do a lot of events together, to be honest with you. We, 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 you know what? We did back in our, when we were both on Flow a lot more. But you know what I mean? Now he's a big TV star, so he's right. a straight... He went Hollywood on you, did he? <laughs> he's, you know, he's Hollywood all the way now, man. He, he's my boy always. But he, he, he oh, also Devo's has to wake great, up... At, I love Devo. Yeah, he also got to wake up at 4 a.m., so he's got some whole other issues that he's got going he, on. He chose that <laughs> life. He chose that life. No pity for him. No pity for Devo. But even from, the, you know, even from the beginning, and like I said, obviously it wasn't by design that these were my two best friends growing up, but it was just, you know, it is what it is. So getting back to the club thing, it's like I found this... The, the white card was... If I'm there, they would talk more reckless. Right. Just you know because I mean? they're more and, comfortable as opposed to they're, exactly. obviously they've been censoring they, themselves when they're around black people, yes. but they're still having these thoughts, right? So it's like, oh, Ritz, Ritz, Ritz won't mind. He's, you know, he's a white guy. Well, you know, we'll oh. say something crazy. And I was, I was always like, no, 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 like, no. You know, like, yeah. and, and guys like that, you know how it is with some of them, some of them club owners. It's like, you know, you could take a stand to a degree, but it's just like, you know, you just got to remove yourself from the situation sometimes. And they're, and the, oftentimes these guys have a lot of money and people with a lot of money are even harder to, you know, change yeah. their mindset because whatever they did to get that money, they feel like it's always been the right thing for them. So they're not going to be willing to change their mindset, especially when it comes to race or whatever. But um, yeah, I don't understand how a lot of these guys even get to own clubs in the first place, to be honest with you, with the with the brains they're working with. I oh, it, it's, yeah, it, I think it's gotten a little better. And like, you know, thank God, like, you know, right now, like a lot of most of the places, are, you know, especially Sugar Daddy's, like, you know, they, they're they're the most non-racist place ever. Like these, you know, like it's it's amazing, you know, like so. I've always kind of tried to cater to those kind of places. I've never been the, you know, the 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 bougie place DJ, anyways. Oh so, yeah, I, well, I've done them. I've done I've done some. Of I've done them. Right? I've done them. Agreed. I've done them as well. And but I, I I don't really like I don't really focus on them and stuff because of those reasons. Like, okay, don't play reggae. Absolutely no soca. And Ab- you oh, know, you've gotten and, that before. Absolutely no soca. Oh, for sure, sir. Really? For, 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 yeah. So, uh, do you ever challenge them on it and say, well, why? You know, you know, you know what I do? I just play it. 
And then this is a funny story. I was playing at a club and they said, don't play soca. I played soca. They came up to me like, Ritz, we said no soca. Bro, this is reggae. What are you talking about? Oh, sorry. And then just walked away. So because, you know what I mean? Like, obviously, if you're that stupid to be like, don't play soca, then you obviously don't even know. You don't even know. Okay, but play a couple of reggae songs. That's cool. They don't have a clue. So you just play it. They don't got like, you know, they don't have an idea what's going on. I so never I thought of doing that before. You did a my, Jedi mind trick on them, basically. And, and it worked every single time. I did that to numerous promoters and owners over the years. I wouldn't even like, think do to do something like that. I, I wouldn't think that they would fall for it. They do. They do. If you're stupid enough to say don't play something, that means you don't know about it. So you can always, you know, like for me, I would. But I also think that I've definitely gotten the, if I play something and you play something, it might look a little worse coming from you. You know what I'm saying? Right. If we're if we're in a place that's that that's stereotypical like that, and right. I play a reggae song and you play one, right. chances are oh it might come God. off. Here's, I played at this place just around the corner from me for Saturdays for years, and they were always fighting me about reggae. And people yeah. were constantly bothering me throughout the night to play reggae, which is yes. normal. Like there, it is. If there's if you're DJing a party, and this is at least from my experience, and things aren't going well. Like you can't get people, whatever you're trying to figure the crowd out and it's just not working. Just play reggae. Yeah, it, it absolutely. Work, it works across the board and you can reset your night and figure out what you're going to do going forward. But if you're trying to work with a crowd and it's just not working, you're playing hip hop or this and that or whatever. And they're like, you're just not getting the majority of the people dancing. Just start playing reggae. Always. It all, always. It's the like, universal black people, white people, Indian people. Everybody will start yeah. dancing. It's like the party literally can start when, whenever you want to start doing a reggae set. For sure. And, like, you know, certain crowds, you got to red rat it up a little more than other crowds. Yeah, well, but yeah, you, you go know, a little more commercial depending on the crowd, yeah, obviously, but, but reggae regardless. And I, absolutely. And even in those spaces where I've been in where they don't want you to play um, reggae or whatever, or they want to limit the amount that you play for the crowd mm. there, even though they're sophisticated in the terms of their taste, they'll still take the cheese. They'll still take the 100%. cheesy reggae because it's still something. And Murder, that, She Wrote works everywhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's facts. And most Sean Paul songs work anywhere. Yes, Yes. Anyone. Paul, Almost, that, yeah. yeah, he's like literally like you're in trouble, party's not going well, play some Sean Paul. Yeah. Uh, 100%. You're right. You're totally right. And as DJs we know, you could put like the most, you know, you know, a clueless white crowd in front of us and I know exactly what reggae to play for them. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's what it is. Yeah, exactly what it is. But that it's yeah, it's literally you can go to five or six songs and they're just going to think you're the greatest DJ on the face of the earth, but Yeah. There's that thing with the club owners, though, when they when they I've had this happen to me a lot where they say don't play reggae or with the pot, mm -hmm. spot around the corner where it was like they wanted to limit me to 10 minutes of reggae for the night. Right. And that's it. <laughs> but you know how many songs you can play within 10 minutes? Oh, tons, tons, tons. But to them, when they're hearing literally 15, 16 reggae songs played within 10 minutes to them, it feels like a half an hour mix. To, like, yes. it feels like you've been playing reggae for a half an hour because they've heard so many different songs. I was like, you guys said 10 minutes. Yeah. You said I could have 10 minutes, and I picked the most best time of the night, like around 12.20, 12.30-ish, <laughs> to, to play those 10 minutes because it was right yeah. in the you know midst of the night or whatever. And uh, they would still come at me at the end of the night and say, you played too much reggae tonight. And, I'd be like, yeah. and I, would say, I would say, what is the problem with you guys in reggae? They'd say, well, it usually results in problems. I was like, how? And they're like, well, guys get into fights. And I was like, so do you not think maybe the alcohol might have something to do with that? And you can't tell me that 
there's no there's no reggae song aggressive enough that someone would play at a party like that that can you know like a move like you know you play move bitch you could play a million hip-hop songs that are just way more commercially aggressive they they were against that same spot too as against the uh, hardcore hip-hop as well for the most part so like, at least they're saying consistent well, yeah they were being <laughs> consistent for the most part but then again their version of what hip-hop was versus my version was different because to me yeah. nelly hot in here is not hip-hop that's a yeah, mainstream yeah, yeah. top 40 yeah. hit that got played song. on Chum and CHFI. Like, it's, yeah, it's yeah, not definitely. a hip-hop song. And some songs actually become so popular that they cross over from being a hip-hop song to just being a mainstream song, like uh, Hotline Bling. Yeah, Hotline Bling absolutely. is not really a hip-hop song to me anymore. It's just a mainstream top 40 pop hit. Yes, absolutely. You know, absolutely. I I don't know, well, I think but... Drake, Drake, Drake definitely changed a lot of that. Like, you know, I, I think Drake changed the clubs in Toronto as well. Like, you know, you at least he as far as for the better or for the worse. Um, you know what? I've always been ho hum on that because I'm like being once again, like we said, being a, a, a hip hop guy. Like, you know, you, you, we we appreciate the culture, we we live for it, we you know we, we study it, we're 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 true to it, and then you let in all these other people, which Drake kind of did. And this is no shot on Drake, of course, but oh, listen, when you're letting in all the people that are like, I like hip hop, but you know, what do you think about this? I don't know what that is. What do you think? Who do you what do you think about? What's your favorite old school track? Like, even the new DJs, like I'm like, you know, how many BDP songs you have? And then you're you know, and you're a hip hop DJ, and they're like, what is BDP? And it's like you're not even doing the knowledge on. So, but do you, is that incumbent on the new DJs now that they should have to study? Because right now, and honestly, I will say, just in general, I still have my issues with Drake overall. And again, not a Drake fan, but I respect Drake and what he's done for our city and the country as mm-hmm. a whole. It, Definitely, you cannot deny the man. Like I, I continue to say, he's the Roger Bannister of Toronto hip hop. Um, nice. <laughs> you, know, I don't, you know, Roger Bannister is. Yes, I do. Okay, yes, so most absolutely. people don't, but um, I'll just explain it for people that don't. He was the first person that ran the four-minute mile. And yeah. uh, we've had so much good talent in Toronto for so long that just didn't break through. And it felt like it was just not going to happen regardless of it was Shaw Claire mm-hmm. or Socrates or Cardinal. And mm-hmm. I could just keep on listing guys that we all thought was going to break through. And then Drake was that Roger Bannister. And the thing is mm-hmm. that with the four-minute mile, nobody ran it before Roger Bannister. But once he did it, everyone realized it was possible. And then yes. you started to see a lot more people run the four-minute mile. And now we're start, we've seen, as a result of Drake's showing us that it's possible, mm-hmm. The weekend, you know, Daniel Caesar, a, a, you know, a Gilly, or not a Gilly, um, Killy. Killy, you know, yeah. like, But literally, like a Tory Lanez, like we're literally seeing so many superstars coming out of Toronto now. Mm-hmm. Like the floodgates have been opened, and I have to credit Drake for that, one hundred percent. Oh, absolutely! You know, absolutely. I also, yeah, and then like I said, with, with being number one, which Drake is, like a lot of pressure comes. But I would like to see him, you know, stand up a little more. Like you know how Director X is doing these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But that's and, not. And, it know, doesn't seem to be Drake's character, though. I guess. But it would yeah. do so much, though. Like he has so much power. Like him just saying that, you know, this and this. Like, granted, at that level, you have to, you know, your moves have to be majorly strategic and stuff. But I would love to hear a little more, like from because he is the leader, and if he says something, I think kids would listen a lot. More oh yeah, than absolutely. A lot of other people, absolutely. right? So, I, I think in these times, you know, I would like to see him a little see, more active. See, that's what that's what really pisses me off about Kanye West to be honest with mm-hmm. you, because um, Solitaire and I get into arguments about this all the time on um, Hashtag, right? Because yeah. he's, Sh- Solitaire is like, he's just one big forgiving heart, I guess, because he, like, <laughs> I, I'm still off, friends off, Kanye, friends off, because that mm-hmm. four year, 400 years, what slave was a choice, slavery was a choice thing. 
Oh, worst, worst, worst thing ever. But oh, horrible. I, I just don't think people appreciate when you have a platform like a Kanye West or a Drake, you yeah. have so many kids that like hang on your every word. Yes. So yeah. there was some 13 year old now that heard Kanye say slavery was a choice. And he might just run with that now and be like, why do you guys keep going on about the slavery shit when mm-hmm. they chose it? And he, he may not even go to look it up to learn it because his hero, Kanye West, said it. And that was good enough mm-hmm. for him. Like, I, people, I just don't understand why people don't appreciate the huge platform that these guys have and how careful they have to be about the things they say publicly. And that, yes, was, such, that was such a dangerous and reckless thing for Kanye to say that I just friends off, friends off, man, like. And but now he's, re- a, I, he's recently been doing stuff to, I guess, clean up his image. I think he made a two million dollar. Well, he wanted, he, mar- he actually marched in um, it, a no, Chicago protest, which he's got to do more. He's got to do. For agreed, more. agreed, agreed. To to make up for that ridiculousness, yeah. Is, but I, that, I, I don't but even know is, how you can. This has been good enough for Solitaire though, because he's made a two million dollar donation, which to me, I'm like two million dollars for Kanye. I think is nothing. I think that's like ten bucks. So, well, he's a new billionaire, so it's not yeah. Yeah, so that's like to me, like even PK Subban gave ten million to a hospital. I mean, and he doesn't yeah. even have half the change that um, Kanye does. So even, that exactly. two million that Kanye did, plus whatever him marching and all that stuff, to me, it just looks like one big PR cleanup for his image because Absolutely. he's done heavy damage by just riding with Trump and indignantly mm-hmm. riding with Trump as well, too. Yeah, and going overboard, like wearing the hat. Like the whole, you know, he's like trolling this, black this, people. He literally oh, was 100%. trolling black people, and I'm sorry, I'm not gonna, I'm not easily going to forgive Kanye for that. I'm just not going to. I, I, I'm with you. I stopped playing Kanye music. Um, you know, what I mean, and big up, uh, big up a man Grouch. He, uh, DJ Grouch is also like a, a he's the same way as you. Like he's very anti Kanye, and we've had a lot of discussions about that. And he's really, uh, he's really on that tip. It's, the same it's, thing. It's like. disappointing because from his music. Like, especially from the jump from, uh, what's the first album called again? Um, graduation. Graduation. Was it Graduation or College Dropout? Was it gra- no, or, or College Dropout. My was bad. it College? I don't know. College Dropout, Registration. I think it was College Dropout. Graduation. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. All three classics. Amazing. But it was there was a Amazing. lot of, you know, black activism talk, you know, or just yeah. him talking about the black experience and everything. And I was like, yeah, he's woke. He's a backpacker, but he's still talking about the black experience. Literally right up to Watch the Throne with songs like Black Excellence and, you know... Well, I don't know if you went to the Watch the Throne concert, but like they had like the imagery was all like very deep rooted American black imagery, which like I fits the with Canadian the, fits with the album. Exactly, exactly. So it was it was an amazing thing, but I, it was I could see it was definitely lost on the Toronto crowd. But you know, <laughs> was it? You, wait, were you looking around and people were like, their eyes yeah, were glazed over or something? Yeah, it was kind of like well, what's going on, or you know, because it was very heavy. Like the concert was very heavy. The imagery was very very heavy. Right. So it. And very American, very like, you know, that kind of stuff. So it was, you know, but that, yeah, you're right. Up to then, Kanye was fully for the for the cause and everything. But after that, it just went haywire. I can't, I'm telling you, it's the Kardashians. I don't think they helped, man. They've nope. ruined a lot. Of I, think, I, think that, I think that's what drove a wedge between him and the Jay-Z Beyonce circle. Because yeah. I've always said this too, that Jay-Z and Beyonce, as popular as they are, they're still pretty private people, considering yeah. the musical icons that they are. They are private people, and mm-hmm. they make their money and their fame off of talent and hard work, versus yeah. the literal exact opposite of the Kardashians, who make their money off of trying to be getting attention by doing mm-hmm. whatever means necessary to get that attention, letting cameras into their home, being the exact opposite of being private, literally exposing yourself in every way, shape, and form. And there's no way that those two worlds 
colliding with Kanye being in the Jay-Z circle, marrying a Kardashian was going to be able to work. You know what I mean? Like, as soon as I oh, saw that happening, sure. I was like, that's Kanye's not going to be able to like, there's no way that's going to work. Like the Beyonce, no. the Carters would not allow cameras into their home around their kids. Right. Where that's literally the Kardashian way of life. Unfortunately, the Kardashian stuff, yeah, they started a whole new trend of the whole, I'm famous for nothing, just, yeah, I'm just, famous to be famous. Yeah, literally just, like, their their talent is getting your attention. Yeah. Well, from what I've read, you know, just to, just to put the pendulum on both sides, I, I do hear that Kim Kardashian is supposedly, this is what just I read, doing a lot for the jail system and, you know, stuff like that. So I hope that is true to Maybe, a degree. Yeah, hey, listen, if you're going to have a change of heart and start doing some good, that's great. You're going to use your money to do some good. How you made your money, though, you haven't earned my respect. No, definitely you not. Know, you're, definitely I'm not a fan of yours in any way, shape, or form. Is she a beautiful woman? Absolutely. But be what yeah. is beauty we're without character? Buddy, we're in Toronto, man. We got a lot of girls that good looking, man. A lot. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Kim, no, Kim the, Kardashian, you know, we're we are blessed in Toronto. But um, okay. Let's yeah. let's get back to your experience now in Toronto because it's interesting to talk to someone who is white in an interracial relationship experiencing mm-hmm. racism because I'm sure you must have at least bare minimum have gotten some dirty looks in public when you're out with your wife. Oh, a thousand percent. Like every time we travel, I'm I'm sitting at the end waiting for her to get frisked and uh, and go through <laughs> customs. Like every time, it's like, horrible. It's, it's, it's horrible. It's, it's literally every time. And, like, my wife's a teacher. She's, like, the most goody-goody person I've ever met in my life. Do you like, mind uh, just letting people know what her background is? Because they'll be wondering. Oh, yeah. She's, she's um, Malaysian, Indian, yeah. right? So, you know, definitely looks much different than I do when we go places <laughs> and stuff, right? So, you know, I'm a pale white guy. So, um, yeah, like, you know, we definitely, you know, I, I think, you know, in Toronto, we're a, a little more blessed. I think when we've we gone out of town. We are very blessed, bro. We are yeah. very blessed. So, it's I, in Toronto, I, I really haven't you know, experienced it to that degree. And, but I find when we go away and especially, you know, airports and stuff like, you know, I'm like, you got flagged again? Like, what is going on right now? Like, how are you getting flagged? And in other cities, it may be a little more like, you know, when we've traveled other places, you might catch a, you know, the odd look and stuff. But thankfully we're in a city where, you know, an an interracial relationship is not anything that's really that surprising to see. Have you guys traveled to the States a lot and Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But mostly we go to like New York or okay. the bigger cities where once again, in New York, you can see a million, you know, uh, you know, um, you know, uh, different races, relationships and stuff as well. So we, I've never been to the South or anything like that because I kind of stay away from places that I would hear that may have a little more racism. It's not really a place that, you know, I want to take a vacation to begin with. Right. <laughs> right so, yeah. So no trips to Mississippi for you then. Uh, no, no, <laughs> we're going to stay away from the, you know, the, the, the South is like, I've never been there. So I'm only going by hearsay of this, but I, I've heard I, enough I and I've never seen a tourist pamphlet ever for Mississippi. So <laughs> no, me neither. So I'm yeah. going to pass on those kind of I places. But thankfully, well. Yeah. In Toronto wise, it's, it's been a, a, a pretty smooth groove for the, for the most part. Like, you know, I, I've dated people outside my race, my whole dating life, you right. know, inside my race, outside. So it's, it's, I, ne- I haven't really found that much in, in Toronto. And, and this is the thing that has always, always bothered me or bothers me in general when people try to criticize the Black Lives Matter movement to say like, oh, mm-hmm. black people hate white people. And I'm like, mm-hmm. how the hell can you say something like that? Especially for us in Canada, especially for us in Canada, you cannot be black and not have one white friend. It's impossible. It's literally impossible. It's impossible. We are 10% of the population. White people are 55% of the population. You don't think we're going to make a white friend in kindergarten, bro? Really? Yeah. 
Like I always, I always tell people, Toronto's a bad place to be racist at because you can't get away from other races. It's no matter where you go, there's no, there's areas that are more predominantly something. And, and but think that's about it. that. What? How? How broken is your brain? How much hate are you walking around with? Was that that must have been my computer? How much hate are you walking around with in your brain to uh, be walking around and just seeing so many people that you just don't like? You know what yeah, I mean? I know. Like, it's like how that's got to be taxing. You got to be tired after a while. That's got to be tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hate takes a lot of energy, man. It's it's, it's, not, it's just not worth it, man. It's I just don't so get not it. worth it. So, but you haven't really experienced anything like that though here in Toronto yourself, though. But uh, I also nothing think, major. I think Toronto actually gives people a false impression of Canada, though. Big time. Big I would time. say that because people will say Canada's multicultural, and I'll say, uh, uh-uh, no, not really. I would say Toronto, Montreal, um, and Vancouver, Vancouver to a degree, mm-hmm. and maybe a bit of Calgary, a little. But again, Calgary and Edmonton are evolving big time. Yeah, big but still, time. they're catching but, yeah, up. But not, for the uh, top three, time Toronto, time. Montreal, Vancouver. And of course, yeah. there are a lot of black people in Nova Scotia just from the historical, yep. everyone, you know, coming through from the U.S. during the uh, Underground Railroad. A lot of people went yes. straight to Nova Scotia. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's not really like going on tour, going on tour with like Hardy and whatnot. Um, we went across Canada twice, so that was my first time like getting to see a lot of Canadian cities. I was, that was an eye-opener for me. I was like, wow, Canada's oh, huge. not as multicultural as I thought, not even by a long shot. Well, I started realizing all the comments you hear from your American people about Canada. That I'm like, oh, that's where you get it from. Because right. if, if you came to Canada and, owned, and did a Halifax, Nova Scotia, BC tour, then you'd come out of Canada being like, man, these guys, you know, this is the whitest, you know, it's a super white place. They <laughs> yeah. probably do live in igloos, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, you so, would have yeah. a totally different perspective of Canada if you just didn't go to Toronto or Montreal, basically. Yes, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, it's definitely Canada. Is, you know, I, I, I've only, I've been everywhere in Canada as well, and it's definitely a um, much, much different experience. And the, like, you, you, you feel like a fish out of water. And I didn't realize how bad it was actually for Indigenous people until I was. Uh, more in like Winnipeg and stuff where I actually saw more indigenous people yes. it made me realize how little indigenous people I see in Toronto. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it was yeah. like, once I started to see a few more, I was like, Oh, I'm seeing a few indigenous people. And then to come to learn that they're only 4% of the population, which is horrific. That alone, Canada should be ashamed of that. Oh, we, make... we have a lot. Of, yeah. It's, it's a lot of stuff that's coming out right now about Canada. Like even with the, uh, I'm glad, um, I'm glad. Yeah. It's about me time. Too. Like Canada's Canada, the one thing about Canada historically that they were just better at than the States is just their PR. Yes. That's all it is. Yeah. Like they saw how bad it was, uh, in the 18, late 1800s in terms of the, the way the world was kind of viewing the States with slavery and whatnot. And them literally yeah. having a war about it to try to keep it. Which mm-hmm. is the whole point of why these guys want to get rid of the Confederate flag, you winners. Uh, losers, yeah, I should say. Um, but, yeah, um, big time losers. Yeah, like you guys literally fought to want to keep slaves. That's what that flag mm-hmm. represents, the Confederate yes. flag, you guys. And yeah, I didn't really think of it as a kid because I did watch Dukes of Hazard and I loved it. Yeah, same here. <laughs> I, I wanted to break my window so I could just jump in the car as <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, man. Listen, Bo and Luke, they were G's, man. They were G's. And yeah. literally, Daisy Dukes became a thing because of that show. Yes, literally absolutely. a fashion trend became out of that show. So, you know, as a kid, you don't appreciate the historic meaning of that flag. But as an adult, I certainly do now. And now to see NASCAR, what's happening there with that, you know, it's oh, good for them little. to finally do it. But you see the blowback that comes from white people in the States when they say, yes, it's I don't know. I think one real positive about, you know, this time right now. And like, I, I don't think we're even on the positive part yet. Oh, at the I end think of we the have day, a way to go. 
Oh yeah, we're we're at the like the the awakening part because and until people get charged, laws get changed, things get changed. That then, that's changed, right? Yeah. And we're not quite there yet. We're we're on the way though. We're on the way. Hopefully, and uh, hopefully, and just seeing things like I've learned so much. You know, I mean, even being a part of this culture for since I was a kid and being astute to it, like the amount of things I've learned from just people posting. So there's just so much people posting. So oh, I never knew that. You know, like um, someone posted all our bills, our twenty dollar bill, ten dollar bill, and and the the stuff yeah. behind you person oh, else like what the prime ministers had said right yeah i posted that yeah, myself I too like, i didn't I, I, I was like i knew about it just from reading it historically especially where johnny mcdonald is concerned he was a yeah. genocidal murderer but yeah he was our first prime minister and so he they wiped the books clean in terms of the confederate fathers and all that bullshit mm-hmm. and you know yeah. I, I, it's a travesty that i didn't learn about residential schools until way later in adult life like how come that yeah. wasn't in the uh you know history curriculum when i was in high school oh when you look back on the curriculum oh it's yeah, it's, 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 it's even worse than i thought washed. i knew it was bad to begin with i didn't know either but... until you get to be an adult and you start learning yeah. like residential schools is one of the worst things i've ever heard of in my life and i only learned about them maybe 10 years ago i don't know i'm not even sure i didn't learn about it in school let's just say that i didn't learn about yeah, it oh, absolutely not absolutely i don't think anything of um black culture i learned in school to be honest with you. i can't think like maybe you had a day where you had like i don't even remember but like even i don't remember malcolm x being touched on um maybe martin luther king a little bit but like right. you know and those are just the, the and then, you know, the and there was still black history month on february and we still didn't get taught much no not at all yeah. not at all and i think that's a major problem with with what's happening now because you know people aren't educated and, and there's so many people um that are becoming like oh wow really it's it's that bad or oh wow this is this like you know it, it's it's really like i think a lot of people are getting really woken up right now yeah yeah it's but again it's surprising at how many people are getting woken up it's like really bro you were sleeping this whole time like you didn't see yeah. all this stuff happening on the news you never heard of defonte miller before really this is your first yeah. time hearing about the defonte miller case like yeah exactly it, it's crazy to me but um yeah i'm off well, like i said like Rodney King was how many years ago? Right. Like, you know, and that could have easily spawned what happened now as the same thing, but it just, I guess he the didn't world get killed wasn't ready or, or he just didn't die. That's true. That's, that's just true. it. That's maybe true. if they had killed him, you know, because yeah, that's what maybe. it was with the George Floyd thing. What, what was it like for you when you had first um, seen the, the George Floyd thing? Like, uh, how did you come across it or did you try to avoid it or have you even seen it at all? Because I, yeah, it, well, I definitely watch everything. I, I, I'm a firm believer of you. You, if you're going to have I'm an not, opinion, you got to watch. Not, not, not for stuff like no? this. No, because okay, yeah. we've had so many cases of black men being killed uh, in the states, especially, and I would say at least half the time, or maybe more than half, especially now with smartphones being so prevalent that um, we yes. there's accompanying video now for these you know police killings. So yes. I usually try to avoid seeing the video, and I will just read the article because I can get all I the information. That. And not yeah. have that imagery in my mind because once it's there, it's never going away, right? So, yeah, you, you know, I don't even like seeing sports injuries. I really don't. I don't even like seeing it's sports like, injuries. It's like when people say that, um, you know, oh, it's, it looks like, you know, there's a lot more racism now. So I'm like, bro, it's the exact same. It's just being filmed. <laughs> it's just being filmed. That's the only difference. A lot more racism difference. now. So you think there's more now than there was in the 1970s, really? <laughs> it's, it's just because, exactly. Oh, God. You, you think know? there's more racism now than there was in the 60s, eh? really eh? exactly it's just because it's when it's in your face it's people think of it like you know they're like oh my god it's so much and like yeah i go imagine a imagine what's not being caught on camera and b that's the other all those days without camera black people have been saying this for literally forever they've been saying the black people or the police are killing us and then without the video evidence and imagine this now somebody says to you 
Yep. He was standing three feet away from him and he had his hands up and he told him that he has a gun in his car, but he's registered, but he has his hands up and he was three feet away from the cop and the cop still shot him. Yeah. Why would you believe that? Mm-hmm. Without mm-hmm. video of seeing it and someone's trying to tell you that's what they did. They just shot him and it's only because he was black. And yeah. you as a white person living in your safe white world, someone is saying to you, yeah, there was no reason for him to shoot him. They all will. I don't I wouldn't actually blame them for saying, well, he must have done something. Why would he be uh, yeah, three feet away from him and just shoot him? Like exactly. Like it wouldn't. It just doesn't make sense, right? So I get that. Mm-hmm. But now with the video evidence, people are still trying to deny it. That's the part that's fucking blowing my brain away right now, bro. And the amount of like, it, excuse me, I saw something about how many uh, people have been killed since George George Floyd, right. By cops, and it's crazy it's number. Like, it's like you would think they would at least chill for a little yeah. bit because the heat's <laughs> on them right now. Like I've actually yeah. said this too. I said I think. The racists are probably mad at that guy that killed George Floyd. Um, forget his. I I don't even want to remember his name to be honest with you. Something no, me neither, whatever, but I can't remember it. And I don't even want to speak it. The only name I want to remember from this is George Floyd. But yeah. the cop that did it, um, I would think racists themselves would be angry at him right now because they'd be like, "Yo, you know, you know how much heat you brought down on us. Now you ruined. A, I had a hanging planned for this weekend, and now I got. I can't do it because because of this mm-hmm. shit. Now because you ruined mm-hmm. my plans. Now you know what I like as yeah. heinous as that is. But I think. The, it's shone such a light on how bad racism is in the states and in general around the world because now Canada's yeah. finally getting a nice uh, spotlight on it. Finally, um, finally, because again, we're just so good at our PR that people just. Think I can't Canadians... tell you how many people, how many people I heard say, "Oh, it's not like that here." This and this. <laughs> and I'm like, what I told actually, um, like a, a white friend of mine. I'm like, name one black friend you you know that hasn't doesn't have a story. Right. And exactly. He stood there and he was like, "You're right." Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's literally every, be it from a club thing to a police thing to whatever you want to call it, being followed in a store, so, you know, thinking you're doing this or that. Like, everybody, and yeah. like that is the most scary fact ever. Like, literally, everybody has a story. And I have a ton of stories. I could go on and of on. Course. We, we could we could have not even spoken about all this, and we could I just told you stories for an hour. About exactly. cops messing with me, especially for me. I being a DJ puts me in the crosshairs even more, unfortunately, because yeah. you know I'd be outside of clubs, hanging out flyers, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Stuff happens at clubs now. I I can't tell you how many times I've been trapped inside of a club because a fight broke out outside of the club, and then the cops showed up, and then they cordon off the area, and now I'm stuck there until four or five in the morning because they want to question everybody that didn't get a chance to get away before. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know what yeah, I mean, definitely. like. Cops, yeah, don't get me started, but I hope we can see some change now. But now let's just kind of pivot a little bit to how, what do you see happening with the DJ industry in terms of clubs? I think clubs can get creative in a way that they can start to reopen again in some fashion, but Mm -hmm. they're just going to have to get creative in terms of how they police the amount of people that come in, the spacing. Maybe they only do VIP booths to keep people separated that way or something like just thinking outside mm-hmm. of the box. But it's incumbent on the club owners to think outside the box, not the DJs. We just need to show up and play yeah. the music for the most part. But what have you thought about this in terms of what do you see the future being sooner in terms of some sort of well, right now in, in, inside the inside a wrap. So right now, ain't nothing oh, outdoor, inside parties. outdoor parties, right? So right. that that's that's the thing. Boat so cruises. I have a couple Hopefully, but no real big boat cruises yet because the economic, the problem is the economics still. Because it's fine, okay, I can open and I can do 30%, right? Of my, of my capacity or whatever. But can you make money off that? Right. Is the question. Sometimes staying closed 
you're losing less money than opening. Yeah, right? which is a lot so, of restaurants have experienced this, basically. If, yeah, if you're a restaurant, you have, you know, 20 seats inside, 10 outside. Now you can just use five outside. So you're using five of 30. Like, that that model don't really work. You know, that's a model for anything. So, and most, cl- and keep in mind, too, we're in Canada. So we only have eight weeks left of weather anyways. So, you know, it's going to be a fun eight weeks with people getting some, you know, making a little money, getting a gig here and there. Here and there is the question, is the uh, big the, the underlying part of that sentence. But as far as, you know, the inside goes, like we're just, we're just waiting for, you know, the information, right? Like we have to wait for the, the, the stuff to go down and we're just kind of waiting for the government to slowly, you know, they've get mis- to where we are. I think they've mishandled this so badly. Like they've done the best that they can. I understand. But especially when it comes to the Serb, I just think yeah. that was just so piss poor managed because they should, well, what I've said from day one, they really should have just listened to Jugmeet saying and just done an emergency universal basic income. That would yeah. have just fixed every, like they wouldn't have had to keep on revamping it and revamping it to try to fill holes up. If they yeah. had just simply just put out money to everybody, that even if you don't need it or not, here's like, you know, tear it based on whether you need it or not. But everybody mm-hmm. gets a check and then you can just settle up after the pandemic's done. You know what I mean? But I think there was, and I honestly believe that they were intent on making sure black people didn't get a lot of free money. I think that's really why they were so hell bent on trying to have all these different rules and stipulations in terms mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. who qualifies for Serb versus who doesn't. I really think yeah. it was just because they wanted to make sure that black people didn't get money. It's very possible, man. It's I'm, very I, possible. I, I mean, I've, I've only seen their how they've acted literally up till this point to base my decision on, of course, their past yeah. acts actions. You know. Yeah. Serb was definitely like a band-aid for like a, a, a very big wound. You know what I mean? You don't yeah. use a band-aid for a big wound. Yeah, band-aid right? on so, a bullet wound basically is what it was. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, the, the Serb thing is like, you know, for me, it's like, you know, thank God because, you know, my income went to zero. Right. So, you know, I mean, literally to zero, right. not to like not, not this much percent, not this like you, zero. You can't work if clubs are shut down, Ritz. <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately with DJs, there's not a lot of that online money is not there yet. There's not really, you know, forms for that yet. And people aren't, you know, you know, really support that way yet. So it's, yeah, it's, it's rough. <laughs> Excuse bless me. You. Bless you. Thank you. And bless the whole yes, world. <laughs> bless the whole world. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, if, as far as clubs go, like it's, we just, you know, it's such a waiting game. It's so annoying because every, like, you know, our, our cases dropped 40% in one week. Like, remember, we were doing 253. Then all of a sudden, we're in the 100s after when one week. So, you know... I think I, people are getting too lax that? now, though. I think people are getting too comfortable again. Like, I'm seeing... Like, did you see Woodbine Beach like last week? Oh, God. Crazy. It was a whole Trinity crazy. Bellwoods thing all over again, only it was worse um, at no, the beach. Yeah, it, I think, I think especially young people... I think they made a lot of mistakes. Like, the first mistake they made was that young people can't catch it. Or young people are immune. So you tell a 16, 17 year old you can't catch it. You can't tell them three months later. By the way, you can. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you, you know, you know, we're all teenagers. You know how it goes. Oh yeah. no, no, why don't go out? No, I can't catch it. It's not. It's, kids don't get it. We don't get it. You know, what I mean, it's only old people. Yeah. Granted, it was. It still skews more old, but just in terms know, of like, the effects and the possibility of fatal, you know, effects. But you're yeah, still walking like they, around they, with they, it and passing it to people that could potentially die from it. Yeah, exactly. And for me, it's like I, I live in the same building as my 70-year-old mom and my 85-year-old aunt. So, You're so lucky, I have though, to be that extra. you could be so close to your mom. That's amazing. 
Exactly. But I have to be extra careful because I'm seeing interacting with older people every day. Right. So for me, I'm actually being more careful than the average person because I'm interacting with people that if they do get it by by stats, you know, what I mean, like my yeah. aunt has heart conditions, blah, 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 blah. So she gets it. Chances are she might be toast. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I have to be, you know, so I think. You know, it also depends the situation you're in. Like yeah. if you're just living solo by yourself and you're like, I want to go out, whatever, you're not, you know, like, it's, like me. it's your choice. Yeah, like me. I'm living exactly. solo right now. Um, But the thing is, my parents are also very elderly. So um, yeah. I haven't seen them. I've only seen them once since this whole yeah. entire pandemic thing has started. And that's crazy. I see my parents weekly. I talk to them on the phone every day. So this, the, yeah. this is the longest I've ever gone without seeing my parents. I literally only saw them for the first time on Father's Day. And that's because wow. my sister was just like, we need to see each other. We have to see each yeah. other. Like, it's been so long. Like, our family is a very tight-knit family, which I think yeah. most families are. Um, yeah. So to go so long without, you know, being with each other, it was like it was been hard on all of us, but we're doing it for the greater good of protecting especially our parents. Maybe you have grandparents yep. or whatever. So it's just even more disheartening and pisses me off when I see scenes like that from Woodbine Beach. It's like, why are we all sacrificing if these guys are just going to go out to the beach like that and just keep pushing up the province's numbers or the city's numbers? Because oh, how many people probably passed the COVID thing around to each other at Trinity Bellwoods or at the beach? And now the numbers are just going to start popping back up again. And we're just going to be stuck inside even longer because people just couldn't be disciplined for a little while because the weather got nice. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And the government was paying most of you. So it's like for me, it's like also, OK, I'm taking CERB. So if I'm the government's paying me to stay inside is the way I looked at it. You know what I mean? They're not paying you to, you know, they're paying you to be safe, stay inside. We're going to, you know, make sure you're this and this. So that's the way I took it. And I so I stayed inside and I've seen my friends, but I, I do things called car coffees. You know what I mean? Where we just roll up next to each other. I, I met up with celebrity Drew last night and he nice. just drove up. I, I drove. I went down, got my car. We drove up next to each other. And how is he? Like, How's he doing? <clears throat> you know, same as everyone, man, just waiting for the storm to pass. Right. And, right. and, and with, you know, it's, it's just the most insane timing getting back to the whole um, black lives matter movement that we all all have a little extra time, which is, you know, been a blessing because now I think a lot of people have more time to maybe do more research Maybe I can post Maybe. a little more because I'm right. not working as much. Right. Like, so the timing of it is very I've, odd. I've but heard a lot of people say that, though, like for this George Floyd thing to happen in particular <sighs> during the pandemic, when for once people were trapped in their homes and had to see it instead of just living the bustle, bustle day to day life yeah. to be able to ignore it or just kind of swipe past it because it would be just another murder to them, especially from the white bubble perspective, I'd imagine that um, yeah. for them, it's just another murder as opposed to for us as black people. That was like. I'm telling you, for me, it was gut. Like I actually had a nervous breakdown from it. Yeah, I really uh, did. a lot of people. A lot of people like, like this has been coming forever. So it's yeah. almost like the people in the know have been waiting for the bubbles like this, 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 and it's like it's been at a breaking point for I don't even know. How, I can't even tell you how many years. Like four hundred, right? <laughs> so it's like the bubble. It, it just, it, it's just, it's, it, it's just you know, amazing that it was this moment in time. Cause you know, people died two months ago, like George Floyd last year, the year that every, so it, it, it didn't have to be George Floyd. It was just something but about it. It did. It, you know, it wasn't necessarily because of George Floyd. It was the manner of the killing. That's really yes. what it is because yeah. this was the most blatant, like there's no cutting around. This is the way I rationalized it too, because um, I kept thinking to myself, cause I really went through, I went through a hard 10 days of a lot of crying, a lot of rage fits, I actually had mm -hmm. panic attacks. 
Um, mm-hmm. What else? I had. At You're least... definitely not alone with that. I, I've talked to a lot of people that have. You yeah, know, like because that like that. that this the image of seeing that broke my brain and it broke my soul at the same time. And yeah. it was like, yeah. uh, so I was. Thank God the pandemic actually being trapped in the house because I'm glad I wasn't like out in the world, especially with the rage feelings I was having. But um, of course, it yeah. was like ten days of like trying to deal with that. So I think for white people, they saw that and it was like, you know, oh, it's another horrific, you know, bad thing happening, another bad apple. Um, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. popping up or whatever. But for the rest of us being appalled by that, think about this. There's there's no fear factor from the police perspective in this one. He was already subdued. Um, he was in handcuffs. You've got three, four other police officers surrounding you, actually protecting you while you're actually killing him. Yeah. And you're intending to kill him with your hand in your pocket, staring at someone's camera, literally looking at the camera while you're doing it. There, It checks off every box of just evil. It was just pure oh, evil, at least with the other killings. And this is the way I rationalize it as well. You could still introduce a fear factor to kind of rationalize why it happened. Like, especially with the uh, Philando Castile killing, because the mm-hmm. officer's wrong. He shouldn't be a police officer. He definitely should do some jail time. But you can understand maybe he's never interacted with black people and he was scared and he acted mm-hmm. in an irrational way. Mm-hmm. I can I can at least process that in my brain you know what i mean so yeah, yeah yeah you shouldn't be a cop you definitely need to do some counseling but uh yeah but with this there's no rational it's just heinous evil like pure and simple and that's why and it's... I, I have i have yet to see uh, a band of cops or uh, a cop that's on the tv every day talking about it like i still have seen so no why are we supposed no... to believe there are good cops when the good cops are silent you know, it's so funny you say that. Um, I had this talk with Agile, TJ Agile, mm-hmm. um, and he he is on absolutely. He's like, there's no good cops, there's no good cops, and I, I you know, I, I didn't challenge him on it, but I want. I'm like, why do you say that? And he said the same thing. He goes, well, where are these good cops? Where the, where's I don't I watch the news every day. I don't. See I've them seen a, I've like, seen these supposed good cops coming out to defend cops. I've seen a lot of videos like that. Yes. And that's like and even I, worse to me. I'm like, so you're gonna come out and defend police now because they're getting a bad name. Where were so? Can I scroll through your history and see where's the video when you you know called out these cops for their bad behavior? I bet you don't have any. Yeah, absolutely. Like I have yet to see um, a cop on on TV or get interviewed saying, "Yo, this is all wrong." I like granted, there's some that have taken a knee and stuff, you know, and thing. But as recently, far as but it's out, only now. Yes, exactly. It's so only now. I, I think I think I'm with you. I think I, you you know where are these good cops? Because I don't see no one speaking out. I don't see. And if you are, it's not in a, on a big enough platform. Where's the union of good police that all band together? We're the good cops. We don't we don't believe in this. We we're fighting out against this. We're gonna you know talk on you know the CNN and this about this. I, I don't see any of that. So right. I, I think I, I honestly he totally swayed my opinion because I came in with it. Maybe there is a few good cops, but I don't believe there is well, because if you're being silent. I, I still do believe there are bad cops because I think a lot of people start the job um, with the intention, good intentions. I think the job corrupts a lot of people that start out with good intentions, Mm -hmm. but you, you can't convince me that there are good cops until I see them speaking. And I I know there are some like just realistically, I know there are some like realistically, you know, there's life out in outer space because there's the one gazillion planets. So there just has to be a plant growing out there somewhere. So they're just, (laughs) has to be a good cop out there doing his job somewhere maybe but again he ain't speaking or he's not on social media so how do we know he exists so does that really yeah so is he really good then you know what i mean like without standing up or saying something then like i said i've seen none i haven't seen one interview on with a cop being like yeah this is a real problem you know we need to like i don't see that like i you know maybe i'm wrong and there's there's some out there that i haven't 
you know, been privy to. It would go viral. But I've had this conversation. It would go viral. If you, yes. if you saw one right? cop out there that actually stood up and he was passionate about saying, this is wrong, yada, 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 A, he would probably get suspended or get death threats from his own co-workers or yeah. who knows what would happen yeah. to him if he like actually passionately spoke out against some bullshit that cops did which you don't see yeah. too often it's always got to be the police chief saying oh we don't we don't condone this kind of behavior and we'll do a full investigation yeah. and blah, 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 whatever and it's always just the same bullshit but we never see a cop sitting in his car saying i'm disgusted by this this is not what i signed up for and exactly. we have been seeing it recently with the whole Black Lives Matter movement, only because it took such a heinous act to get them off of their asses and into the game to say, like, this is wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's yeah, it, it's the whole thing. That's why they say they have to reform the whole thing. They have to like the whole system of police is broken top to bottom right. the whole thing so this is a good way to end the conversation now because we're coming up on an hour so what, what do you want to see done in terms of uh the system being corrected or fixed what would you do if, if we gave dj ritz all the power you got all the power now bro you got the juice now bro you got the juice oh watch um, so um, what, do you, me, what would you do <laughs> and that's uh, a reference me, for the kids there that don't have never seen the movie yes. uh, Juice. We did a few references, a few hip hop references today. You might have to look up. Oh, yeah, I, I wasn't like, even been aware of them. I'm not even sure if we have. Uh, I know. <laughs> I, I, would I would definitely. I would. I would start with police, and schools because right. That's that's just that just has to be first. You know what I mean? And then after that, like I really think that you know the the monuments, the the the, the reminders, you know, that are just there every day that people don't, you know, they look at and see. Like you said, Johnny McDonald or something. There's a school called Johnny McDonald, for God's sake. So, you know, like I think it's a step process because not everything can happen at once with anything in life. It right. has, has to be a step. But we have to start with the police. It just has to be the police. Yeah, absolutely. Like, That's priority number one, just to save lives, simple and plain. But then yeah, I agree with you, yes. too. Next step has got to be and education. Then I think it has to be. Like our you have to have more education on the good and the bad. I would just add a side note. While we're doing the education fix... Um, problems for indigenous people particularly when it comes to water advisories and uh, reservations that shouldn't mm -hmm. be that shouldn't be a thing right now any politician out there listening you should be ashamed of yourself that that uh, that there are boil water advisories for over 13 reservations for our indigenous brothers and sisters so i i'm disgusted yeah, by every politician in our government for that shit straight goods straight goods absolutely anyways and but, i think like you know no, go ahead. My, go my ahead. wife, my wife is a grade three teacher, right? So I'm, you know, I'm privy to a lot of how kids are taught and stuff. And she adds on a lot of stuff. Like she was talking about Black Lives Matter when there's no curriculum, there's no curriculum or anything. For yeah. that. Of no, course there's not. They wouldn't so want it to be in there, to be honest with you. They would, exactly. Your so, wife would actually probably get in trouble if they, she were found out to be doing that, like from some higher up on the school board or something. Exactly. I'm you know, sure. she's a little smarter than the average Joe. So she works it in. <laughs> In a way that you know, a right. grade three will understand. It's not right. too radicalized. She's that people, speaking in a little you know, education here and there, yeah. But even even her, it's like she when she comes home and she says, "I talked to the kids today about slavery, and right. what that was." And she says, looking at the kids, and they're like, "So you mean like the kids are just baffled? They're like, so you mean that you know a black person couldn't drink at a same water fountain as a white? Like they don't even." It's not even in their head at grade three in any shape. So Why would it's like, it be, though? To that, me, the yeah, it's, it's, that's an insane idea to them to think that you can't share the same water fountain with someone because of the color of their skin. Like, it's just. So imagine no educating them at that age when they don't, they're uh, like just clay, if you will, and you can educate them the right way. Right. It will result in a lot of, a lot of less problems in the future. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I've I always said they sure. should at least teach kids meditation, bare minimum. 
Yes, you know, there's a lot of things they need to do, but yeah. let's not. I'm not getting into yeah, Ford that's true. cuts. That's, yeah, and, and that's, believe me. We have ideas for a brighter world, a better world for you and me. Basically, um, we are the world. We just got to do our little part, man. All I can say is to anyone is just do your little part, even if it's just posting. Anything, just posting, anything, anything. Just like for me, actually, I won't. I won't go. Actually, Jay Martin is selling a T-shirt. Jay Martin is selling a T-shirt right now. So everybody, uh, check out Jay Martin comic. He's selling a T-shirt right now that just says, just don't do nothing, as opposed to nice. just do it. He's selling a T-shirt nice. now, especially just say, just don't do nothing, which is nice. perfect. So, so like, he's that, a, I, I, think that's, I think that sums up it, as, as good as you can. Like, everyone's going to have different, you know, lanes, skills on the yeah. amount they can contribute and stuff, which is fine. And some people are more comfortable with doing this or this. It's fine, but just do something. Yeah. Totally right. Just don't do nothing. Basically, like Jay Martin exactly. says, just don't do nothing. I like that, actually. I'm going to be using that. Yeah, hit, hit, him, Martin, up, hit him up I, because he, I don't know when he's going to start yeah. selling the T-shirts, but he's, he's plotting and scheming. I don't even know if I'm allowed to be saying this publicly right now, but he sent me the picture of the T-shirt today. And I was like, oh, it looks mm-hmm. amazing and stuff. And um, we're going to actually yeah. work together on another T-shirt. But um, nice. yeah, it was. But the, that's literally he sums it up so perfectly. Just don't do nothing. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a, hit the nail on the head. That, that is his. As, as, as fourth as you can get. That's what it is. Ritzman, thank you so much for uh, taking time out of your uh, day to talk with me. This was a great chat. I think we could have talked about this for another two, three hours easily. Every time we talk, we could talk about you know forever, man. Yeah. You know, that's how it goes. Yeah, but um, this will be up on YouTube. I'll actually post the video on YouTube because uh, I got to do things a little differently now. Um, I've, used, I've been in my secluded little... Ready Fox World, not like going out and yeah. seeing things because uh, that's me been me. Like industry people know me, but the public doesn't really know me. Know me, um, but I right, guess right, I, right, right. now that uh, we all have to make our voices a little louder, so I'm trying to make my voice a little louder. So you'll see this video now uh, posted on YouTube as well as the audio, which will be available on all podcast platforms, which will be posted uh, probably tomorrow, being Thursday. So, um, nice. so that's it. So Ritz, thank you so much. And uh, hopefully we'll get back to some sort of normalcy and you can get back out there uh, doing what you love. Well, oh, man, like I said, we, we got bigger issues at hand. So let's, you know, let's hopefully we can tackle some of them and then we'll get to the clubs as much as the clubs mean more to me than the average person. But we got some big issues at hand that we got to get to. Okay, man. Thank you so much for uh, hanging out with me. And thank you everyone for listening to the Ready Fox show and uh, listen out for more coming up soon.